Hello and welcome to the Chip Away Podcast. My name's Adam and I talk with passionate construction professionals and try to chip away at what it is to build, create and shape the landscape we live in. Today on the show is Paul O'Brien from George Henry and Company Limited. Paul has been selling tools in the construction industry for decades here in Christchurch and is currently a sales rep for George Henry. In light of recent world events, there has been an increasing drive for us all to support our local, and so for this episode, I want to do my part by promoting the great work that George Henry is doing and has been doing for almost 100 years here in Canterbury. As you'll hear in this podcast, George Henry are big supporters of tradespeople and do a great work to help new apprentices that are moving into our industry. Throughout my career as a carpenter, George Henry have been a huge part in connecting me with the equipment that I need to be successful and so I wanted to do my part to get behind a great local business. So please, wherever you are, consider buying local, consider the small businesses in your area and definitely consider the wealth of experience and the personal touch that your local has to offer. So I hope you enjoy this podcast with Paul. We chat about tools and and what a small company uh, like George Henry can offer us in the trades, uh, in construction and engineering, as we look to find the right tools and the right expertise to make sure we make the correct purchase and and have that follow-up service that Paul will go into. It's really important when we're buying tools that we get the correct advice. It's a big investment for us all. So having someone you can trust on your side is a big thing. So yeah, I hope you get something out of this episode. Paul's a really knowledgeable guy and has a lot of good things to say. So yeah, sit back and enjoy Paul from George Henry. G'day Paul, welcome to the Chip Away podcast. How you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, good, good stuff. So, just wondering to get your um, your background and and what it is you're up to. If we could just get a bit about you and and what you're doing at the moment. Uh, yeah, my name's Paul O'Brien, and I'm currently working at a company called uh, George Henry, which is a fairly big engineering company in Christchurch. Uh, they've been around for probably coming up 97 years, I think, this year as a business. Yeah. Um, how I got into the field was a bit interesting. From my background, I was completely involved in the construction industry for 27-odd years. And um, after the earthquakes, I decided that I might have needed a change back in 2011. And, uh, and a position came up at George Henry as being a sales representative. And I thought it was a good challenge for me to have a bit of a change in direction. And so I decided to take the plunge and go into the engineering business, which has uh, been an interesting journey so far for me with the nine years that I've been there where I'm currently still employed. And at this time, with some few challenging areas that we're going through at the moment, it's a great company to be working for. Great. Awesome. So what's your what's your day-to-day as a sales rep um, for George Henry? Uh, most of it is planning and making sure that um, the clients I call on have all got a, uh, they all know me now and uh, have a basic uh, day-to-day routine that I have uh, from first thing in the morning 
just checking up on my clients and seeing what they require, uh, making sure that we've got stock available for them, uh, going around on site and making sure they get um, great service and the products they require on time. And uh, yeah, it's uh, every day's a different day. It's never the same. We're always uh, challenging during the day. There's always something that makes your day um, turn out to be an interesting day. We can always change the way we do things. We're quite lucky that um, we don't have any big daddies to call on. What we have is our own shop, and we have two of them, and uh, we pretty much get to do what we need to do from day to day. Awesome. Um, let's go into the into the background of, of George Henry and its history as far as, as you know it. Um, the idea with this particular podcast was to jump on board and, and promote local because that's that's a big thing. Um, Post-COVID now, we have to support our local trades and um, George Henry have been around for a long time, certainly here in Canterbury. Um, yeah, wh- what's the history on, on the company? Oh, the ca- as I said earlier, the company's been going for quite some time mm. and um, when I came part of the company, George Henry, it's always been a good name in Canterbury and I used to use them quite a lot when I was in the construction industry as a uh, backup for goods that my clients wanted that no one else would have and you could rock up into George Henry and they would have the gear and that's what made it so appealing to myself when I first started with them and to find the background that they have, they've been a strong hold in Canterbury for quite some time and now with diversification and we've actually we actually travel to Nelson and the west coast, and we go down as far as uh, Timaru, and we have done Omaru, but we have a um, a big following throughout the country. Uh, George Henry's got a massive um, range of products that no one else has, and it tends to be we have um, a massive amount of product compared to a lot of other places where they're very focused on one or two items that they sell a lot of, whereas we probably have 50 to 60 different types of product that we can get to the people that, that want them. Excellent. How would you say over the years the industry, especially with tools and, and technology, has changed quite a lot? Um, how have you find found that George Henry and even just in your time in the industry um, have managed to kind of, keep up pace and, and even stay a step ahead in terms of offering clients what they want and, and keeping up the date with all the, the latest tools? Well, the staff that we have is a major role with George Henry. Um, usually when you come into our store, the amount of knowledge that is sitting in our, um, should I say, background or even the guys that are on the front line, which um, without them as a position myself, sales rep, we can't survive. Uh, we have managed to recruit some very, very good people and the difference between us is that we have knowledge when you walk in the door. Uh, If people wanting to know what they require, we can normally help them, whereas you find a lot of other suppliers or what I call the, the big corporate guys, they tend to be very one-eyed in, in what they sell and they don't actually give you the answer you want. They're more like a click-and-click sol- solution. You can go in, get the gear and out again, uh, whereas we'll take some time to go over and we have a more personal side of it. With the changes that have been happening with the internet and a lot of that, we've had to 
changed the way we think as well. Our internet uh, provider and our people we've got working on that at the moment are changing everything. So we realise now that with the change that's out in the field uh, that we have to move with that as well. But that doesn't stop us from being a very comfortable place to come in. I believe that most people, when they do come into our store, they feel happy and leave getting what knowing what they wanted to even if they don't buy anything they've got more knowledge than when they came into the front door definitely because you guys at george henry you have a kind of an after service as well don't you you have on-site guys who are repairing tools or, or can do that sort of work um like you say you you cater to engineering construction or hand tools power tools all over the place um and and like we were saying earlier when when you walk into a big big store um here in New Zealand you're not really getting that kind of service um or that knowledge that you really need especially if you're looking if you're doing this professionally I think that kind of a store like George Henry stands stands above the rest here in Christchurch anyway yeah, with the with the movement of what people have, um, like a lot of businesses now have moved out the west. So unfortunately, the town and the east side um, have been affected quite a lot due to, um, should I say, things that have happened over the years with earthquakes and the stability of having factories being built in the east and in town now. The, the cost factor has got so much more that people have had to move. So we've decided to move as well with that by moving over to our Hornby store in Main South Road. And we've seen a massive, massive change in the way of industry and the way people react to the industry. Um, with our movement out at Hornby and what we have in our in our store, store range, um, we're finding that we're getting a lot more, how would I say it, um, foot traffic in our doors that we never used to get. Uh, and the... A lot of the people have coming and saying that they've had enough of the big corporates about how they push you into certain items and that they don't really want those, but they seem to push them into the wrong uh, area that they're wanting to go down, whereas we've been more accommodating in what they want. Hence, our stock holdings and our change of uh, tools and everything that we've had, we've become more of a professional unit, which is most of the stuff we're selling now is basically trade and what people want rather than just being something being put in front of you as a solution to get things moving and get money moving in the doors. Mm, definitely. Um, speaking on the on the tools that you guys sell, I wonder if you could give us some insight into the kind of stuff that happens in the background about how you actually select the product that you decide to put on the shelves and then also on like yourself as a sales rep, how you get to know that product so you can really sell it to your clients and, and know that it's going to do what you say it's going to do? We're very lucky, as I mentioned earlier, about our knowledgeable staff that we do have. Um, we take it very seriously what we put on the shelves and we do have some very good uh, partners that we partner up. Now, um, we tend to deal locally if we can, if we've got some real good local people we deal with um, one of our biggest uh, suppliers is Powerbuilt on our shelf which is a local company here in Christchurch um, and they keep expanding their product it makes it so much easier for us for training and for selection of goods that they've got the backup service we need so if there is anything that does happen 
with the tools or anything like that, we've got a very easy way of guaranteeing the product being looked at in a fast manner. Plus, we do have um, the resources to help out on that with the people that we have behind the scenes. Like we don't just put a product on the shelf because it looks nice. We've got to make sure that it does work and that it's going to be applicable to the people that use it. And with the training that they offer us, especially for myself going in there pushing a product, I've got to make sure that I believe it'll do the job. And if it doesn't, then I can't really put my name on it and I don't want George Henry's name associated with something that's not going to work. Yes, there is in the industry, there is some fails, which we all learn about, but we tend to make sure we repair that pretty quickly than rather just sit back and say, well, hey, you bought the product, it's your problem. We make it with our help of our suppliers. They make us point of difference to everybody else. Definitely. Um, so tools are a big investment um, for individuals and organisations, especially when we're talking about large plant um, that you guys provide for you know, engineering outfits and, and joinery outfits, if you will. Um, I wonder if you have any words of advice for those people out there who are kind of really searching for that reliability. It can be quite um, overwhelming when you walk into a shop and you know you have to spend some big money on tools and to make that choice is um, can almost make or break it for, for your business or for, your, for yourself as a contractor. Um, how do, can we really compromise on quality? You know, I just wonder if you have any kind of thoughts on that. Uh, there is, and again, it all comes down to, and we do we do realise that um, investment on tools is a massive, massive um, part of your job. And if you've got the right tools, it will make your job so much easier. Because one of the things a lot of people forget when they're going into buying tools is the downtime that you'll spend on cheap tools if they don't work. Um, just give you an example if you're a tradesman and you're charging out 45 to 50 dollars an hour uh, or you've got staff that you're having to pay a huge amount of money for um, it doesn't matter whether the tools don't work you're still paying them for the time that they're using so when you look at the long-term decision on buying whether you buy a, an Azito $25 tool or maybe a Bosch or Makita $100 tool um, it's something that you have to weigh up and as a rep myself, I've spoken a lot of time to a lot of people that where they their money goes out the door is in time. It's not so much the tools, but if you haven't got the time to put in and you're not on that job with the right tools, then the investment that you make is very pivotal. That's where George Henry comes in. We've got some really good branded tools. Yes, we have been offered cheaper alternatives, which we have got in there as an, as an alternative because we've had to move with the times because some people do not want to spend the money. Mm. Uh, but realistically, when it comes to your trade and if you're a serious person who wants to save yourself some money, time is where you get that. And with good quality tools, um, you just don't need to worry about your time factor because they'll always work. Definitely. Um we were discussing um, before we started recording, and I wonder if now is the time to bring it in, um, with making investment for tools. Um, since COVID, um, there's been some initiatives from government to maybe um, help spend locally and help invest in tools. I just wonder if you have anything to share on that. Um, yeah, one of the things that I've... Um 
been very passionate about is the um, training establishments. Um, the training establishments that are here in Canterbury are very, very pivotal to what the future lies for especially Canterbury and not only Canterbury but throughout New Zealand or if they decide to leave and go to another country. Tradespeople are what make people survive. Um, you can be a labourer all your life and work for somebody or you can get a trade and then bring those labourers in to work with you. So what we tend to do is we partner up with um, Southern Institute Technology and R of Canterbury and we do packages for them and look after them. Um, one of the reasons for that, um, it's been a big passion of mine. Tradespeople are needed in the industry more than ever now. Um, and if without those tradespeople, without being able to support them as apprenticeships and, and apprentice roles, um, I believe that um, New Zealand is in a lot of trouble if we don't do something to encourage the young generation to get a trade for themselves. Yeah, I think it's great that you guys do that, you know, that um, it's quite rare in this modern climate to make that sort of investment, you know, because it's, it's kind of a long-term payoff, especially with the apprentices. Um, I can tell a story from my own career where I um, was involved with both of those institutions you've mentioned and um, I did a pre-trade course at SIT and we got one of those packages with it for the tools included and in, um, provided by George Henry and I think it was great for myself and the young lads there who that was really our first contact with industry and feeling like you're going to be a part of something you know you're being provided with something and you're being giving something to invest in yourself um and yeah I still use some of those tools to this day that I got all those years ago and and it's definitely stuck in my mind and then again um through ARA I did a um construction supervisor course and I was um did well enough to earn top honors in my class and again I got a wee prize for that that was provided by George Henry and it's it's just, I think it's great that George Henry are really putting themselves out there and, and getting in touch with those guys who are, like you say, they're going to be the next employers and uh, business owners. And um, yeah, it, it's good to have that contact, that local contact, um, and to be appreciated at that kind of stage in your career is a big thing for a lot of young guys. So um, definitely with the initiative that the government's taking now to make apprenticeships free, um, I mean that's that's something that George Henry will want to continue to do throughout. Still planning to do that, work with those institutes and 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 be there. Oh yes, they're um they're a pivotal role of George Henry and myself. Um, I've made it a um, George Henry was already supporting the local politics before I came on board. I just changed it up a wee bit and put my spin on it. Um. I very believe, and George Henry's always supported anyone that wants to do a trade. We actually have um, separate accounts, cash accounts set up for them so that if they don't have the cash flow to start their um, tool accounts or anything like that, we do help out by giving them a, a fairly heavily subsidised discount on most of their gear that they want to use. They can come into us, and if they're doing any apprenticeships, um, we will give them a specified discount on tools and look after them uh, accordingly. We don't. We want them to make sure they get the right gear 
so that they, when they do come on board as an apprentice after doing their time at ARA or SIT, they have the correct tools so then when the employer takes them on, they can see that they're set up mm. rather than seeing some of these, I call them willy, willy wonka shops sort of thing. It's um, They give them a whole lot of stuff, which is stuff that's never going to last, e.g. $5 hammers, $10 spanners, $6 screwdriver sets. Now, you know, you, you know even the basic person knows that that's not going to cut the mustard when it goes on site and it ends up, the person ends up feeling a bit, um, how would I put it, he doesn't feel part of the family that he's joining when he sees everyone else with some nice mm. tools and he's got these tools that he's been given from either Bunnings or um, the tool shed or somewhere like that that's got yeah. no quality to them and I feel that that's just not the right way to go and that's hence we've seen a market or I've seen a bit of a market where we can help these guys uh, even if they only start slowly and build it up we're still quite happy to do that but I'd rather see the new generation coming through with the right tools for the right job so that when the employer sees them they can spark up and say well that guy was great he came from ARA he was a really good all kitted up and kitted up by George Henry so we're looking at partnering up anybody and anybody that wants to do that you don't have to be part of ARA if you're doing an apprenticeship outside or Southern Institute of Technology you can come and see myself or any of the team at George Henry and we can certainly do stuff for you in that way excellent um and how about this um five thousand dollar tax kind of write-off that we were talking about earlier um what does that mean for George Henry I know it's kind of um vague but it's something that um businesses could be looking at uh, post-COVID if you've got anything on that. Yeah, what we've uh, been able to find out is that um, the government are giving a $5,000 incentive for um, upgrading tools or um, any of the stuff for your plant machinery, which is, um, it's very vague in the details that we're given, but they it's we've been told that you can use it as um, trying to get a bit more movement around businesses so that money can go around everybody um unfortunately i haven't got all the full ins and outs of it but i'm sure if you delve into it through um the bdos and the um or you're if you've got a a good accountant in your business i'm sure they'll be able to put it on to you and and see where it is it's something that hasn't really been fully publicized yet because i think they're more continuing on getting the apprenticeship scheme running and all the money that's been given for businesses to try and stay alive with their um, wage subsidies that's what they've been pushing on but I know that it is out there and I have had clients have already said to me that they're well underway and, and using that money so it will be well worth you looking into maybe with your accountant and or if you've got someone in the business that can get hold of somebody I'm sure it'd be well worth doing and and we at George Henry are quite happy to um, provide those tools for you if you need be. Excellent. Um, how do we, we were talking about the next generation and, and these young apprentices coming through, um, whether that be in construction or engineering, um, however you want to look at it. I just wonder, you've worked with tools and selling tools and been around this industry for quite a while. Um do you feel that the generation coming through are sort of still as determined or is it being sold to them as well in previous generations that the trades or jobs where you're going to be using tools are a viable 
option for your career. And I just wonder how we can kind of promote that to our next generation um, and and keep these skills alive and the craftsmanship alive that um, lets people walk into George Henry and buy those tools and, and keep going on. Yeah, things have changed. Um, I've been selling tools now for well over 30 years, getting closer to 40. So I've, I've been in the industry for a very, very long time and I've seen a lot of changes in my time as selling tools. Um, myself, I wished I'd got myself an apprentice when I was younger. Um, unfortunately, I didn't uh, see that. I, I liked the uh, good life a wee bit much and forgot about um, future proofing myself. Um so if I give you a bit of an example, me being a sales rep has taken me a long, long time to get to this position. Uh, a lot of people think that it's um, a great position to have. You get the car, you get um, the support, um, but it is quite tough um, trying to get those positions if you're looking at doing that. I've, I've chosen sales as my career. Um, as a young lad, if you've got the opportunity or if anyone that wants to get into the industry, um, apprenticeships are definitely the way to go because once you're fully qualified you can have people working for yourself or you can get a job a lot easier if i put it into layman's terms a job like mine we can have up to three to four hundred people applying for it and then they've got to whittle it down so and if you're in a if you're a fully qualified let's say a sparky or a plumber the chances of you getting a job are probably one in five compared to one in three hundred now i know where i would take my punt at having a job and the difference being having a title or actually fully qualified you're going to be earning a lot more than a lot of other people so it's worth taking that plunge for four to five to six years of learning your trade because in the long term you're going to be set up for life no matter how you look at it you can use that anywhere in the world once you've got a ticket definitely um I wonder, moving forward with that next generation, um, how are tools going to change? I know that increasingly in New Zealand, health and safety is becoming a bigger thing. Um, I notice it on sites more and more with the way we use dust extraction on even tools like drop saws and track saws and stuff like that. Um, I just wonder, going forward, you know, there's a lot of things that are coming out with Bluetooth now and everything's linked up and what's the future for tools and how how can you really kind of fine-tune those tools, especially if we could talk about construction tools, ones that you're sort of holding in your hand? Um, yeah, one of the big uh, changes, um, just to let you be aware of, of the moving forward, a lot of tools now are changing the way they use the technology. Corded power tools are virtually on-site are becoming a thing of the past, mm. mainly because of the hassle of having to get them tagged and tested, running leads, uh, which are a trip hazard, so it makes it hard for people to use. So technology has moved so much faster in the cordless range that um, even myself, it's hard to keep up with it. Um, George Henry has a wide range or has two mains stockers that we use is Milwaukee Power Tools and Makita are our two biggest, followed closely by Bosch and Haikoki. 
Now, in the range of that, Milwaukee have what they call a one-key system, which is very popular in Australia, not so much here in New Zealand. But what that does is they have a app which you can control the use of your tools. So if you lend your tools out, if you're a foreman and you lend your tools out, um, you can control your speed of your tools and what they're using them for so they can't pick them up and use them. It's very big in Australia, but slowly coming to New Zealand. Um, talking on the other side of it, multi-volt platforms are now becoming available very strongly, uh, which means in 36, 18-volt batteries are being used in a one platform. Mm-hmm. Um, Lithium-ion is definitely the way to go now. The NICAD system and the nickel-mile high drive has all disappeared virtually. It's old technology, so lithium is just driving the industry so fast, but there is that many tools now you can use cordless because you're getting up to using up to 12 amp batteries now so they're very very powerful yeah yeah i mean when people are coming in to the store are you are you pushing people towards battery stuff i mean is that the way i think i remember when even in the time that i've been building when i first started um battery skill stores weren't really that big here um, but now most skellies are run on batteries. Um, and I remember when they first came out, you thought, oh, I'd rather plug it in because you're, you're recharging a battery every five minutes and they don't have the juice, but they're definitely getting better and better. Um, and they're becoming more of a kind of viable option on site. Um, as you say, for safety, for a whole lot of reasons, it's kind of the way to go. Um Surely that's that is the future. Um, cordless tools, battery tools, um, at least at least kind of handheld power tools. Um, I mean, they're even doing table saws now with, with battery powered. Um, yeah, is that the way to go? Is that the way that kind of as professionals in George Junior, you guys are saying, yeah, this is this is the future. This is what's happening. What tends to be the main question when someone comes in what can we do with a battery tool Mm. well at the moment there's pretty much nothing you can do without a battery tool now Um, we've got drop saws table saws even mag drills that are being used as Mm. as cordless technology our sales would probably be probably 30 maybe even less than that probably 22 percent corded to probably 78 percent cordless now um the main reason that this has been a factor is, again, health and safety. Um, you can pick it up and put it in your hand and just put a battery in to use it. Uh, depending on what you're using, the size of the batteries, of course, um, you couldn't expect a table saw to be run on 1.5 amp batteries, but there is in the market now for stronger battery control. Um, you're getting grind, angle grinders, which are very, very um, dangerous on sites now with paddle switches. The, even the cordless machines now are coming with what they call a paddle switch um, on their grinders so that when you take your hand off, the machine stops. So mm. the technology has moved so far forward that um, the actual mandate on most of the power tools is that by 2030, there'll be probably 5% in the marketplace for corded tools. Wow. Don't get me wrong, quarter tools are great because they give you the same capacity every time you use them, but unfortunately they're becoming just a, a uh, in-house, like in a warehouse or somewhere where they're set up where people are sitting at desks and it's power. 
but for movable like construction, um, yeah, corded tools are slowly disappearing. Definitely. Okay. Um, I'm putting you on the spot here a wee bit, but um, when we talk about corded tools, you're quite, I find anyway, um, once you pick a brand, you're pretty well committed to that brand uh, once you're on that battery line. Um, I know Makita have just brought out a new 40 volt uh, range, um, which is non-compatible with its 18 volt batteries. What do you kind of think about that? And is that something that um, that people will have to get on board with in terms of, uh, you know, wait until those 40 volt batteries have been out for a while and you'll never want to touch the 18 volts again kind of thing? Is that Are they just going to keep on upgrading that bigger and bigger batteries and, and we're going to have to keep changing our battery line every now and again? Uh, it's a bit of a sticky point on my point because um, people put a lot of investment into their tools and then a supplier decides that they need another market and um, I'd prefer them if they, they they're all saying that it's outdated technology and they're deciding to move into new technology but as a retailer like ourselves we have to get on board with it and it's thousands and thousands of dollars to put on a shelf mm. We could use that extra money in keeping our staff or putting stock into other things. But these big suppliers, unfortunately, tend to just think that we will or suppliers will get on board. Yes, changes are going to be made. Um, for example, Hitachi two years ago changed their brand to Hikoki. Mm-hmm. Now, um, whether you like it or not, as a company of George Henry, um, it did hurt their brand because our sales went from being fairly good with them to virtually non-existent um mm. unfortunately again like a brand change can make things different we find like bosch has never changed their battery platform they've just introduced a stronger battery milwaukee are the same they've just introduced a stronger battery um makita yes they've got a great range in there and we move with the times they say it's old technology and we need to move on to bring the new technology in but at the end of the day it's someone's got to have to pay for that and yes um later down the track it might be the bee's knees for them but they've got to forget they've got to understand that you've got a lot of loyal clients that are already in their platform and it's hard for us as retailers to try and convince them to change because yes it does create more money and more time in a new area but if you've already got like 16 17 tools of their platform and the new batteries aren't going to work on their old platform um, then it makes it very difficult for someone to say, well, hey, what am I going to do with all these tools? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, interesting. But um, yeah, like you say, um, I guess we'll, we'll move with the times eventually. Um, yeah, tools do kind of break down and maybe that's the time to, to jump shut. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm uh, just wondering if we have any kind of closing thoughts on on the industry and, and, and what people can be doing even post-COVID and, and popping into George Henry and, and seeing what they can do with us um, as tradesmen, as business owners. Um, you know, why is it important to buy local? I mean, that's kind of the thing that I'm trying to say here with this podcast in particular. Um, I believe in, in in walking into a store like yourself. You know, like you say, things are changing Things are moving digitally. Um, a lot of the bigger stores are very much on that kind of click and collect. They almost, 
expect you to do the research first and just walk in and buy the till off someone who you know uh it could be a supermarket ex-supermarket worker for really um it doesn't matter who's selling you it if you know what i mean whereas you walk into a place like a george henry or you know i i always like walking into another local place like blacks here um who supply fasteners and the the way that those guys and and yourself at george henry know their stuff is just um it's it's got to be worth it um yeah, I just wonder if you have anything to kind of say about buying local and the the importance of that experience that those guys and girls have in those shops that can offer you as a as a tradesman or as a business owner. Well, one of the uh, point of differences with George Henry, um, we've got two stores now. We've one in Manchester Street, which has been the one that um, pretty much everybody has known about, and it's been here for quite some time, and. With the changes uh, that are out there, the click and collect system, which is run by a lot of the uh, corporates, I, I call them, they're finding it an easier way for people to do their shopping. But again, it, it, it makes things a bit different because they don't have the knowledge of what we can walking into the door. Like our store out at Main South Road, um, is pretty much our hub now. We've had a few changes re-COVID. Um, George Henry runs three sales reps, as myself and two other guys that are on the road. Um, very knowledgeable people. You come into our store, you know that you're going to be looked after. Um, you're going to get what you want. Everything that's there, uh, the people have got great knowledge, as I've said earlier. Most of the things that you'll get is, I call it um, a happy experience. Everyone tells everyone about bad experience. No one tells anyone about good experience, and it's very hard to get that out. For example, if I went into a store, or let's just pick a store somewhere, and um, I've had some pretty bad experiences going into shops where they just don't want to even know you. You, they, you. you go in there and you expect something, and they just say, well, it's over there. You know where it is. Go to the counter. They don't even acknowledge you. So I've got a big bad um, list that I carry and I will never go back into those shops so it does prove that if you give exceptional service and you get to talk to people and it's always good to have a chat with people you know most of the guys that I've got them we always talk about the rugby on the weekend or you know you try and make a, a as if they're feeling welcome in the store how are you going how was your day you know instead of just I call it the grunt grunt treatment where people <laughs> come up to you and they go yeah do you want this hey Hey, yeah, and I mean that is so relevant in a lot of stores in in Canterbury at the moment. Whether or not they just don't want to be there, or whether they've just got to be there because of what's happened in the industry, the whole idea of it is like George Henry has a really good working flow. Everyone at work gets on with everybody. We all have a bit of a laugh, and at the end of the week, we all work hard. Um, we do Saturday morning trading as well, and we have a lot of lot of foot traffic on Saturday mornings coming, and they all say to us how friendly and chirpy we are so that's got to be good about the industry mm. we just got to make sure that we don't lose sight of where we are and what we are as locals you can pick up or get on the internet anytime you like and you can order anything from anywhere around the world but you don't know whether that product is going to be what you order and when you do get it and you realize it's it's not the right product you got to send it all the way back and if you do sometimes you never see it again um 
And the reason that we'd like everybody to sort of think a bit more of where they're purchasing their goods or even just come in and say hello or come and have a look at our store. We're not here. We're not going to force you into buying anything, but just have a change. Try something different than going to your placemakers or your Bunnings or your Mitre 10s and just come and have a look and see what we have to offer because you'll be probably relatively surprised at what you can actually get off us and what we actually um, offer Canterbury. I mean... You don't stay in business for 96, 97 years for no reason. Uh, and we are the local supporters. We get them behind our local communities and we get them behind um, our local ARAs and our institute. And we and we sponsor a few people around town as well, which um, keeping it local means that it stays local there's no big daddies to send the money overseas or into a big corporate bank, which they're never going to put much back to you, to you anyway. So it's better off that you come and see us and, and see what we can do for you. Excellent. Um, just finishing up, let's um, give people some contact details and, and where to find George Henry. Um, I know you guys have a website and have a Facebook and stuff like that. So if you could just uh, tell the people that, that'd be great. Okay, uh, we've got two stores, uh, one on Manchester Street, which is um, located 47 Manchester Street, which is located at the bottom end of Manchester Street, closer to Morehouse Ave end, and we have a store in Main South Road, which is 260 Main South Road, which is our Hornby branch, which is out by Ravenstown, it's on the left-hand side, our Website address is www.georgehenry.co.nz. Uh, you'll be able to see the front page and it offers um, areas that you can go and have a look at with current specials and what we we do with the company. And yeah, it's um, just come and try something local and see how you go. But uh, I can't emphasize enough. Um, if you keep local and keep supporting local, then we'll all be in it for the long term. Um, it's just can't emphasise enough that we're a Canterbury-owned store. We can make the decisions on site. We don't have to wait around and get the decisions from anyone else other than dealing with us. And you'll notice that hopefully you'll come out of it with a, a good experience. Excellent. Okay. Thanks for your time, Paul. I appreciate it. Um, definitely Go and have a look at your local George Henry or even wherever you are in the country or, or in the world. Think about shopping locally and um, and supporting your local community um, and getting behind people who, like George Henry, um, you know, I've had experiences with them um, as a first point of contact when I entered in this industry and it meant a lot as a young fella to have these guys come in and bring your tools and um, make you feel like you're signing up for something that... Um, has value and that you're going to make a career out of. So thanks to George Henry um, from myself and, um, yeah, definitely go and support them. All right. Cheers, Paul. Thanks very much. All right. Thanks for listening, friends. If, like me, you enjoy conversations about the love of building and creating, then please consider subscribing to the show and leaving a review at wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks very much to Paul for his time and to George Henry for making this happen. As Paul mentioned, go and check out George Henry online or pop into one of their stores if you're a local here in Canterbury. If you're in the area, they have friendly and knowledgeable staff that will make you feel at home and 
will make sure they deliver on whatever it is you require. Thanks again to you for your time and your support. You can follow me on Instagram at chipawaycarpenter to keep up to date with what's happening on the podcast or get in touch over email at chipawaypodcast at gmail.com. And until the next one, keep chipping away.